thing. Warriors dookies baller always fucking up. It is crap, and he knows it. Every little thing he's tried is wrong. Feels it in his bones. Walk is fucking cold. Hear the sound. The shower's fucked. Plumbers on the phone. Dookie needs a loan to get it fixed. To eat up his ball. Fuck. Racist plumbers. Please fall in. They not water. Racist plumbers. They don't do what they all are. Hello, 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 hello. With me in the studio, Sylvia Silversmith. Hello, everyone. And Marsha MacDonald. Yeah, peeps. What up? The fact that you sound a little bit under the weather, Marsha, in a way references the title of this particular instalment of the Dookie Radio Show, Hair of the Dog. You know, Dookie, I need a hair of something, because, you know, uh, hangovers are biting... Now, it's been a couple of weeks since you've been to Writing Group, which is featured in the Right Said Fred yeah. series. Yeah, yeah, certainly has. And your Dr. Feelgood is sat next to you, Sylvia. Yes. Now, I understand that the need to imbibe, the need to be slightly, if you will, blocked up is a requirement when you take part blocked up. in said... Yeah. What the hell does... What, blocked up? Isn't as that what you your, use when you have a cold? As in your mental faculties are a bit Okay, I've never heard it called that before. It's your semi-friendly factoid checker here. I am so sorry to disturb you. The use of the phrase blocked up to denote one's faculties being impaired by drugs or indeed alcohol is certainly not new. Here's Pete Townsend from The Who being interviewed about being blocked up on drugs on British television in January of 1966. It was quite a year. You should have been there. I've heard a lot about you and the rest of the group taking drugs, Pete. Does this mean you're usually blocked up when you're actually on stage? No, but it means we're blocked up all the time, you know. (laughs) The fact that you are under the weather now makes me think that um, the partying carries on Beyond the writing group days and nights. Well, Dookie, it's you know what can what can you say? I'm I'm trying to lay off of it a little bit, just because it's getting a little you know it was getting a little uh, hardcore. Uh, but then you are know, you doing the full Bukowski? Well, no, because well, Sylv might be able to explain this better because she's kind of my supplier. 
Yes. And now she lately she's been uh, supplying me with something a little bit bit different, kind of like the methadone to the heroin. Tell me more, Dookie. We're recording this on Easter. Yes. Which means over the last couple of weeks, we've been coming up to Easter, which means chocolate becomes paramount. Absolutely. There's chocolate everywhere. And I've been going and buying very, very fancy chocolates Mm. because it just seemed like the right thing to do. Mm. And with... (laughs) Which sounds like a really lovely way to to describe your role as an enabler. Well, exactly. And I'm not saying that I'm not partaking myself. I'm just saying that, you know, this time of year just seems to call for fancy chocolates. And I've been going to a very fancy chocolate place and I've got myself hooked. But what Martha is alluding to, the methadone to her heroin, Mm. uh, she, you know, she was imbibing quite a lot for her writing group. Yes. And she was also partaking of some benzodiazepines. As one does. As you do when you have to go to writing group. Yes, the meal for creative champions. Yes, so, and, but then I was trying to wean her off of that combination because that is not a very sensible combination to do. No. So what I started to get her from the fancy chocolate place were liquor chocolates. Oh, chocolate liqueurs. Chocolate liqueurs, I suppose I should say, yes. Mm. I'm not as fancy in the talk as you are. <laughs> Give over. So I, I I happened to spy these fancy liqueur chocolates, and I bought her some, and now she's hooked. Yeah, they're, they come in a nice variety. Uh, you, get, you get cognac, okay? Right. You get rum. Right. And you get uh, whiskey. Is nice. That, is that different from cognac? Yes. Okay. Uh, you get those, and they ain't cheap, but, you know, if you're, if you're trying to, you know, not drink, you eat enough of them, and you're feeling, you know, I'm not saying you're getting drunk off of them, but you eat enough of them. And it's kind of like a, a placebo, Right? It's more than a placebo. I'm not saying I'm going to be eating these the next time I go to writing group because you don't get enough of a, uh, you know. Is there a ratio of X number of chocolate liqueurs equals X number of shots? I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe there should be. Maybe they should put that on the packaging. Mm. I think they should. I mean, I suspect that only like one chocolate is like, you know, like a quarter of a shot. Mm. I mean, it can't be much, surely. But then Marsh has been having a lot of them. Yeah, I've been having. A, I mean, they taste really nice too. I mean, this chocolate is really nice, right? It is. I mean, you've you didn't have the liqueur stuff, but but you know you partook of some of this fancy chocolate, and you're pretty partial yourself. Yes. I mean, it is. Yes. Pretty, I mean, it is like crack, right? It's very nice. I and, felt well. I only did it because I was feeling quite festive. And, uh, of course. And Easter way. That's the only reason. Uh, you know, it's. Is this particular recording, I mean, is are we trying to reach a record here of how many different drugs can be mentioned like in the first few minutes? We're succeeding. I mean, really, unless we're entering the arena of 
Doug Benson and all those people in the States that talk about the glories of uh, drugs for yeah. a non-drug themed program. Yeah, you know, this I'm not is... really into that. But yes. yeah, I mean... We're doing well. Yeah, we're doing, we're doing pretty well. And, you know, I have a cold too, in case you haven't noticed. So you mm. have to excuse the juiciness of my, my voice here because I'm pretty juicy. So there's a lot of drugs that go along with mm. that too, you know. Sylvia sounds perfectly healthy though. <laughs> So she must be doing something right. I've managed to stave it off. I'm impressed. Get enough vitamin D down you and mm. enough zinc. Mm. And I, Dookie, I really hate having colds. So when Martha first started showing the signs of getting the cold, I spent 21 pounds on cold preventatives. That's very charitable and lovely. 21 pounds. Mm. No, I didn't do it for her. I did it for me. It was too late for her. She already had it. <laughs> so here I thought that you were being doctor trying to keep you feeling good. I bought three different... You know, you can get these sprays and things that are supposedly stave off the cold. Coldzyme. Yeah, there are well, other... There's coldzyme, but there's also first defense. And coldzyme is like the candy to first defense's chemical warfare. True. And then there's another one that you spray up your nose. It's just like nothing. It's mm. like spraying water up there. So I did all three of them like every day, three times a day. Mm. Because I just hate having colds. It's horrible. It's just so common. Cold. It is quite common, I suppose, Dookie, <laughs> which is something that you could never be. <sighs> yeah, so, you know, there's a lot of drugs going around, you know, legal stuff, but, you know, you can't go wrong with a rum liqueur chocolate. You can't go wrong. Mm. And and if, if you eat enough of them and you get kind of a little bit of a kick off of them, mm. you know... You could probably, the the number of chocolate liqueurs that you have to have to get any kind of effect from them, you could probably just buy, you know, a great big bottle of your really fancy whiskey. True. But this feels less, you know. Seedy. <coughs> less desperate. Desperate. I'm really sorry about my cough, it's too. It's fine. I it's, got a uh... big barrel of water here. I'm trying to work it out. <laughs> Maybe you need to have some more chocolate liqueurs. The one thing I'm mindful of is the fact that you've been having these chocolate liqueurs for breakfast. I mean, that's uh, not exactly a great way to start the day. You got a problem, Dookie? I don't have a you problem. You sound like you're having a problem. No, I'm not being judgmental. I'm not that kind of person. But it does worry me if you're consistently having artisan chocolate liqueur breakfast. Listen, I mean, it can't go on much longer because, to be honest, we're all, you know, we're all going to go broke from this stuff. Indeed. I mean, this stuff isn't Hershey's, man. I mean, this stuff is like, you know, I went and bought some and it, and it was like, you know, how much? Like, you know. My credit card nearly broke. I mean, my God. So, you know, it can't go on a lot longer. So if you were slightly more flush, it would carry on. It sounds like it's only for fiscal reasons. Well, yeah, plus, you know, I I don't want to get diabetes either. Good morning. I'm Wilfred Brimley, and I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes about diabetes. Actually, about diabetes and how it's affected me in my life. You know, I don't want to. I, I don't want to go down that road. There are other ailments. There are other chronic conditions, but you know, I don't want to be an alcoholic diabetic. That's too many icks. I'm Wilfred Brimley. Mm. You know, too too many things that end in. Are, are you implying that uh, people who imbibe too much, you know, often get hiccups? Yeah, that is that isn't even remotely funny. 
not even close to being funny. You know, it's the Dicky. classic old school way of somebody playing the drunk on television or in films. That that is true. They always have to hiccup. I just just came in there for a little drink, you know, for going to work. Just started to set them, settle my nerves. What what kind of work do you do? I'm a brain brain surgeon. <laughs> Have you ever hiccuped when you were drunk? Because I, I have. have. Oh, have you? <laughs> okay, all right. Genuinely. There goes my theory. Though. Whether or not they were linked, I don't know. It's like the same thing that whenever you see a dog in on television or in the movies, <laughs> yeah, they always yeah, they always have to make that sound like they're crying. Yeah, I remember on a fantastic Australian import called Neighbours. There most definitely are other shows. There was a dog called Bouncer. Bouncer was the dog's name. Right. And every time they referenced, you know, they called Bouncer. Mm. Even if Bouncer was in a good mood, you would hear the, mm. oh, flying on hill, where's Bouncer? Mm. Oh, dog- Bouncer, come over here, buddy. It's lovely to see you. <laughs> but dogs actually don't do that. <laughs> they never do that. Oh, hey, Bouncer, I've got your lovely little present over here. It's like, don't you have a thing about whenever somebody's using a microphone on television? Oh, yeah, it really what gets on my tits. What is your thing with that? On television and in most films, as soon as you see somebody setting up a microphone and using it for the first time, on EastEnders, it's fucking rife. There's the sound of feedback. So the late Peggy Mitchell will be up there announcing whatever the fuck special that they've got on or promotional campaign at the Vic. And she'll pick up the mic. Hello. And it's really fucking annoying. But that annoying. doesn't actually happen in real life, does it? No, I mean... You, the, you don't get feedback unless you're, what, standing with your electric guitar in front of the amplifier. Uh, Is that right? Oh, no, I mean, that's a different kind of feedback. Oh, okay. I mean, you can certainly, trust me, you can get feedback from a microphone very, very easily. But the idea that the microphone was quiet to begin with and suddenly... Peggy Mitchell or Linda Carter from the Queen Vic picking up the microphone and about to make an announcement. Suddenly that kicks it off. It's a way of illustrating the fact that PA technology, public address technology is being utilised. Gets on my tits. It's the same thing if anyone coughs in a, in a television show or mm. in a film. It, it, they're dead. Oh, within you can't the next just scene. cough. Yeah, you can't just like like Martha does right now. You can't just have a bit of cough because mm. you have cold. It means that you're going to be dead. Absolutely. And if the person is an ethnic minority, the speed of their demise increases. Oh yeah, three that's times true. Over. Yeah, you have to die really quickly. Is that Mister Bond? We have a good time working together. <laughs> I think. <coughs> I see a relationship that will last between our countries and us for centuries. Next scene, that person is being buried. Jesus, does this mean I'm going to die? Yes. Okay, well, at least that means I wouldn't have to go to writing group every again. Dude, you missed out the past couple of weeks. Is so. the glass half full or is it half empty? Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, you know, I, I, I haven't missed it, but... You know, you know what happened. Do you, don't you, you want an update? I suppose yes. you want to know what happened. Is I emailed everybody telling them I wasn't going to get there. For those people who are not aware, all that I will say is go to our Right Said Fred series of podcasts. All will be revealed. Marsha's joined a writing group. The trials and tribulations are really entertaining. Marsha, well, tell me more. Well, I I was 
I was kind of half and half the other week thinking, uh, am I going to go or not? Because I had some work on in Birmingham and and I was my train was going to get back at 7.15. So I, I was going to be late either way. And I, and I kind of thought, should I go? Should I not? I, I don't know. And then the train in front of us thought it hit something. So how how long it takes to get out of a train and look see whether you hit something uh, apparently takes an hour, right? Uh, you would think that you just look out the window. We hit anything? No. I mean, I guess it's not like it is in a car. You mm. know, like you roll down your window mm. and you look out and you go, "No, there's no blood. There's no nothing." So, but on a train that takes an hour. It sounds like bad material for an observational comic from the 1980s. Yeah. You know, something on the lines of, when you're a train driver and you hit something, yeah. you're going to know about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. When and you know... so all the passengers on the train with you. Yeah, so we're on the train and he, you know, the guy, the train driver in front of us thinks that he hit something. So we're, we're going to be here like five or ten minutes. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. And then an hour later, I'm like, Jesus Christ, man, can we get on with this shit? Oh, dear. So, uh, so by the time I got into London, I was kind of thinking, you know, I kind of love that train driver in front of us. Because even if I did want to go to book group, uh, uh, sorry, riding group, uh, why is it so much easier to say book group? Uh, because it's, you, you can it's assume only two that syllables. your book, yeah. And also you can think of your book as being done. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, so I kind of love this guy because I thought, yeah, okay, so he's giving me a perfect excuse. Now now there's no, I, I don't even have to think about it because, uh, you know, now that I'm an hour late, I, I couldn't go to writing group because by the time I'm there, I'd be, be done. And anyway, it was Babs's birthday. Oh, dear. And, and you know, do I want to celebrate her birthday? And they were all going out for pizza. And I'm like, no, I don't want to sit and eat pizza with you people. Would you have been invited? Yeah, no, no, I'm probably not invited anyway. So that that was one one time, and then the next week, uh, this past week, I mm. lied. You lied. I lied. Confess. Well, I just thought I don't want to go, and 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 it was my turn to be, <coughs> excuse me, critiqued. And I just thought, you know what? It's the weekend. It's the night before the long weekend. And and I don't want to come away with like a load of shitty feelings to last me a whole bank holiday weekend. Mm. Mm. And so I, I I lied. I told him I was going out of town. You know the problem with that nowadays, you know, mm. with with internet social media culture. We have become our own big brother. Well, yeah, so I'm like, okay, so I can't post anything on uh, social media now. Because I'm supposed to be away, right? Mm. So I'm like, well, shit. You know, and then every time I go to post something, I think, well, would I post that if I was actually away? No, probably not. So I won't. I mean, I don't post that much anyway. But, you know, it's just one of those considerations because Fred is happens to be one of my friends on Facebook. So I'm like, oh, shit man i'm supposed to be away and i i can't post that because i'm obviously in my kitchen so i i can't do that it could be a an amusing photo that you noticed while you were en route somewhere outside of london in my kitchen well you could be on a train heading into wonderfulville you know sorting out your easter getaway and there's yet another train delay which is not unlikely 
and you decide to look into your phone and, oh, goodness, here's this hilarious shot oh, of me in the kitchen. Yeah, but... It need not always be live. You know, as you explain that, I, I, I realise how ridiculously arrogant and narcissistic it is of me to, to think that Fred would actually go to that much trouble to put that much thought uh, into I, where the hell I am. I thought she was away. <laughs> She's not. She's yeah, it kind of sounds like that. Yeah, I mean, She's like, in how... kitchen at home. <laughs> yeah, do I really think that he would do that? No, he, he, he wouldn't, would he? I mean, how... how uh, my own ass am i to think that people care that much but you know it's just one of those things if he doesn't give enough of a fuck to <laughs> see your links about right said fred parts one to five do you really think he'll care well, about there, a photo of that. you in your kitchen oh, oh yeah and that's what i started with you know i emailed everybody you know i did one of those annoying reply all things to email all these people to say i was going to be away and does anybody want to trade critiquing spots with me? Mm. Nobody got back to me. Ooh, that's quite rude. <laughs> so I thought, you know what? Go fuck yourselves. Nobody gets back to me, so fuck you. You know, so, th- you know, they don't care whether I'm there or not. They, they, they don't care. Are you so, going to go to the next one? Well, yeah, probably. But that's going to take a lot of chocolate liqueur. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm going to be having to... Suck those motherfuckers down. I'm going to have to be using them as suppositories. Oh, you're going to go anal. Jesus, man. I'm going to have to go anal on those fuckers. Otherwise, I'm going to be sitting there being like Babs, the very thing that I get annoyed with her about, which is, you know, there's either words coming out of her mouth or food going in it. And I don't want to be like that. You'll be an Epicurean amongst the nasty, up their own ass. Writing group participants. Well, I don't know. Yeah, oh, can I add one more thing? Of course. Me- remember the last time I told you that uh, Fred was wearing a, a, a McCain, what's it, Palin shirt? Palin shirt, yes. And he was wearing it ironically, but it mm. took took me like an hour for him to work out that, oh, he's, oh, he had to actually say I'm wearing this ironically. Because I thought, oh, well, maybe his politics and are very different to what I thought. I was, when I was on the train to Birmingham, mm. there was a young woman we passed on the platform. And when I say young, I mean like, you know, like 14. Mm. And she was wearing a Bush Reagan 84 sweatshirt. Blimey. And I was like, oh, is this a thing now? Is this, a, you know, she wasn't even born then. So she must have got it like from her mom or dad or something. I mean, it looked original. Right. So maybe it's a thing. Or is she a 14 year old Republican? It's Which not unlikely. Possible, it's you know? not unlikely. Get them before they can vote. Yeah. So I thought, you know, oh, this must be a thing, except that she's fourteen, and you know, you do shit like that. And and Fred is like thirty-two. Did she look like a, an American, or was she, you know, no, not British? really, not really. So is there a possibility that hardcore Republicans have just dumped their? promotional t-shirts across the yeah what do they do i'll come over here and, yeah bring it to the the good samaritans from or land's something. end of john o'groats it is really weird having old school republican party promotional shirts knocking about it, particularly it, it from the 1980s yeah it is kind of weird mm. it's kind of weird so yeah i just thought that you know what's really pissed me off the last time i went to writing group <coughs> 
Babs, if she wasn't talking or eating, she was coughing. Oh, you got this from her. Um, you know, and I've been around a lot of people. There's something been going around because it's that time of year. And I've been around a lot of people who have been coughing and spluttering and stuff. Mm. And good old Sylph's been filling me up on all these cold preventatives that didn't work for me. But I know that I got it from Babs. I know that this fucking germ came from her. Because she can really go fuck herself. Yeah, she can go fucking fuck herself. Go fuck yourself. Keeping up with the theme of the hair of the dog, here's a tale, no pun intended, of a different kind of hair of the dog. In this particular case, Molly the Sprolly, the yeah. dookie radio show dog. Shitty things happened to her. You guys, what the hell? I mean, I saw the picture that you posted. Mm. I, I don't understand, firstly, why anybody would want to hang out with an animal like that. But what? Dookie? Jesus. Heavy shit went down. Shit got real. I the day got fecally charged. Martha, you should have come with us. Yeah, you. Have... Yeah, I don't like the country. Right. I don't. I don't do country. I don't do. I don't do that. Where do you pee? Out in the country. Yeah. I, see, I don't do that kind of stuff. We went to Lesbianville. You would have enjoyed that. Martha, I I did tell her Dookie, and she, she wasn't sufficiently swayed to make the trek with us. Yeah, I I know, but I don't have any interest in Virginia Woolf. Okay, I know that she Shouldn't has. Shouldn't you? Well, yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe, uh, you know, I'm a terrible lesbian. But uh, ironically, Sylv is more into her and that whole world. I don't get those people. You know, all those people that you're all like. All those people. Yeah, I don't mean lesbians, but I, I, I'm, I'm talking about what's that group called that you're really interested in? The Bloomsbury group. The Bloomsbury group. Yeah, I don't know. You know, they're a bunch of snobby people who are all jumping in and out of each other's beds. You know, I don't get... Sounds a bit like you're flat. Dookie, I'm not even going to go there. We went to... Yes, but that's what makes them so fascinating. (laughs) They're just fascinating, horrible people, but horrible in a wonderful way. So we we went to Virginia Woolf's house. Indeed. Monk's house is what it's called in deepest Sussex, a a really beautiful part of the world. Sussex, a good good county name for yourself there, Sylvia. East Sussex. Indeed. And... It's a location of Monk's house where Virginia Woolf lived as well as where Virginia Woolf died. The the river, stream, if you will, where she decided to take that uh, walk. I don't know how she did that because it wasn't a river, was it? It was a stream, like you say. Mm. And she filled up her pockets with rocks and went for, you know, a a never-ending swim, very sadly. And when, you know, but how? I mean, it would have, if we had jumped in, it would have only come up to our knees. Yeah, I thought water levels have uh, been on the increase. I know. I don't know where it was along that river, but it just looked like a stream. And can I just say that even though it was kind of a lesbian day, Mm. we did see a big silver cock. We saw a silver cock because... Yeah, what was that? um, Something happened. Oh, God, what happened? Jesus, I'm just at home, like, doing nothing. You guys are having all this adventure. Without even attempting to partake in amusing wordplay, we had a day involving two rods and a big silver cock. 
Yeah, yeah, uh, I saw a picture, and I'm not really quite sure what the hell that was about. I put in Rodmill, which is a location of Virginia Woolf's former house. Yeah. And unbeknownst to me, there are two Rodmills. Uh-oh. One is in Surrey. Right. Near Leatherhead, near Dorking. Right. And the other is in East Sussex. Are those two far away from each other? About an hour's drive. Uh, okay, so it's not like, you know, one of them's in Scotland and no. one of them's like no. in near London. And so while we were en route to what we thought was the actual <laughs> rod mill, um, we passed through Dorking. And for reasons that are a mystery to me, there's a, a prominent and busy roundabout in Dorking which has... In the centre of it... A big silver cock. A big silver cock. It reminded me of... Uh, I don't know. Are you British people really... If, I love you British people. And I'm just wondering whether you're really obsessed with great big roosters. Because it wasn't that long ago, and I do believe our dear Sue mentioned it, mm. uh, that there was a big blue rooster... Oh, yes. Trafalgar Square. On one of the plinths in the Trafalgar plinths. Square. That's mm. right. And And... I thought it was amazing. It was it was wonderful. It was such a vibrant, vibrant blue, and it was huge. Mm. Did you see it, Dookie? I certainly did. It was, it a, was a welcome addition to Trafalgar Square. Yes, and it's no longer there now because they changed the installations. Bastards. Well, you know, it's all about. It art. keeps it fresh. Um, I but, miss the cock. But this silver cock looks like it's 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 permanent on this roundabout, mm. this circular, and it's it's. Not, I don't think it was as big as the blue one in Trafalgar Square, mm. but close. Mm. I mean, you could see it from quite far away. Certainly. And it was a great big silver cock. It, uh, an enormous silver cock in Dorking. Why is it there? I have no idea. I could understand it if Dorking was associated with the poultry industry. Maybe it is, maybe it was. Possible? I don't really think so. Anything's possible? Or if it, you know, was a part of the world that had cock in its name, Cockfosters. That's in London, though, isn't it? It is. I don't understand. Why was there even a big blue rooster in Trafalgar Square? I don't understand Maybe the that. artist is originally from Cockfosters. Uh, from, <laughs> from Cockfosters or indeed Dorking. But what? Yeah, but why is somebody making great big blue cocks or great big silver ones? I mean, what what's the dealio there? Because uh, us Britons, we love our cocks. I can't remember what the significance was of the blue rooster. But it was like artwork, right? Mm, yes. And I feel like I should know, but I don't remember what the significance was. Like it was making a statement about something. Oh, it was making a statement. The silver one makes a statement. It certainly does. And we got lost, so we went round that roundabout quite a few times. Indeed. So it was, we got to see that big silver cock quite a lot. I mean, Rodmel is not exactly a, a common name. And I hadn't had my tea around the time that I inputted the details into my sat-nav device. And um, so we went to Surrey. And it was not a Surrey state of affairs. We saw the Denby Hills. It was lovely. I'm more worried about what happened to your dog. I mean, what was that? So an hour later... I'm glad I wasn't there because... That's. It sounds like a shitty ride home. Oh, it was. Uh, it was a bit it crap. It was pretty crappy. Yeah, it was. Uh, fast forward an hour, 
the silver cock behind us. We got to the right rod mill. We went to the right Fine. rod mill. And we're walking across the fields. Molly is jumping around. The sun is out. We're taking in the fresh air of the country. And something really shitty happened. You like to let her off of the leaf. Some, which you can't do in the park in London, can you? Because no. she, she will bolt, won't she? I don't think she would I mean, not run bolt. away from you, but if she saw another dog or a squirrel or something, she Maybe would quite go. Possibly. Yes, and also I don't want her to frighten any of the local residents. So yes, and, it, and people might be scared of her. It's considerate, yeah. So it was, it was good for you to let her off in the middle of acres and acres and acres of nothingness. Mm, absolutely. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Except for one thing. No, there was something. There was something. She was a good 100 metres away from us, bouncing around. And then she stopped bouncing. She just dropped. And and shit went down. She dropped it like it was hot. Yeah. And... And And she was uh, on uh, her back. Yeah. And uh, things weren't looking good. And... uh, Yeah. What, what What kind was it? It was sheep poop. Jesus, man. Fresh. She was. She wasn't just rolling it. She was caked in it. Yes. I mean, it, it was caked in her collar. She is a black and white coloured. Not at that time, she wasn't. Bitch. Why so do you... all of her white bits were transformed into the unmistakable fecal brown shade? Is of this a dog sheep thing, poop. or is this a your dog thing? I'm not even going to go there. No, I've known other dogs to do that. I had a friend on Facebook say that his dog rolled in goose poop. As one does. Which I love to say, goose poop. Goose poop. And I know lots of dogs that will like rolling fox poo and stuff. Yeah, it's very, very, very common. That's disgusting, man. It is disgusting, And you had yes. to put that back in your car? I had to put Molly back in the car, yes. How much shit has been in your car over the years? A lot. There's the theme. There, there is a theme. There's a theme, isn't there, Dookie? And not just canine either. Because you had somebody poop in your car. Yes, I've had drummer poop. I've had drummer poop in my car. And and, and wasn't he sitting next to you at the time? Well, she was sitting next to me. That was his name. Jesus Christ, man. A lovely man. We were in Germany. And when people have accidents on, on the Autobahn, shit gets real. And it did. It did right there and then. He insisted on keeping the windows up. Dookie, mm. I... He didn't have a choice. What do you mean he didn't have a choice? When the traffic turned into a car park, uh, just prior to it, we had agreed to stop at the next services, which were about, you know, a 10-minute drive away. And 45, 50, 55 minutes elapsed, and uh, he was feeling the turtle's head. And uh, the turtle needed Such to be a released. Such expression. Mm. Really he was touching revolting. cloth. That's even mm. worse. And it was difficult. And also, this particular part of Germany is a bit like East Anglia. Or if you're from the Americas, a bit like the prairies All of right. Canada or the flat states. Okay. And it, it, no trees or shrubbery nearby. All right. I mean, and when I say that the... Traffic had turned into a car park. It, it had. Um, poor well, she could easily have popped out, but they would have seen a, an attractive man squatting and 
squirting out. Uh, yeah, okay, that's enough. Poop. All right, that's yeah. enough. So that's... You're the so... one who mentioned it, to be fair. Anyway, poor Molly was in the car with us. She what was, do you mean, poor Molly? She was having a great time, to be what fair. What about you guys? It was... Odiferous. It was odiferous. Yes, I mean, there was a, a funk. We we had to have the vents open and all the windows down on the mm. way home. But, you know, she had such a good time. I know there's a, a phrase. Which is really all that matters. Ah, oh, certainly. There's a phrase, you're ha- as happy as a pig in... As happy as a sprawly in poop. Yes, and she I poop. mean, when she was rubbing herself in it, that oh. was the happiest creature on earth. <laughs> I... I really feel that <laughs> that particular outing to East Sussex and the sheep poop incident. I, I really don't think on planet Earth there was a happier poop. No, she went back for more. It was like a buffet yeah, we, we that you to... just can't, you know, stay away from. <laughs> we had to put her back on the lead because uh, things holy, were getting holy crap. very shitty. Wow. And then it what, was a, what did it was you a do smelly with her when you back. got her home? This was a, a military manoeuvre, military procedure. Um, she had to be carried up to the Dukey radio show. She doesn't go in the tub before, does she? Marigolds were brandished. An assortment of different lotions and potions were used. And it, it took ages. Uh, the How long... much do you guys love that dog? Too much too much. I no, really, you can never I love a dog too much. I am very, very fond of mm. our Molly. Yeah. She is very, very she's fabulous wonderful. and wonderful. And she's looking fluffy and clean and the white bits have never been so bright. Yeah, you guys are nuts. I mean, you guys are crazy people. I don't understand. That That's craziness. She looks pretty fluffy now, though. She I mean, is she's very, here. very fluffy. Yeah, I mean, she does. I mean, she's not an unattractive animal. You know. To my eyes, she's not unattractive. Thankfully, she just... now smells what the Americans would say zestfully clean. Does she? Okay, because I'm a little, uh, I'm a little uh, flimmy. So, but I, I don't care either way. I mean, I, I don't care. I don't understand. The one thing I care about are food culture clashes. Wow, that is a segue, Dookie. <laughs> That is a segue. This is why I get paid the big bucks. (laughs) Wow. That is not at all a clumsy segue. Oh, my God. Smooth as. It's almost. That is smooth as silk, that segue. It's almost as though it didn't happen. Wow. Sylvia, you recently went to Oxford. I did. Which just so happens to be in Oxfordshire. And I understand that you saw a Chinese culinary concern with a name which isn't exactly appropriate or kind to Chinese history or Chinese people. Well, I don't know, because as you and your listeners might know, there are two things that I know absolutely nothing about. One of them is history and the other one is geography. So these two things come together. The history of China just baffles me. But it did catch my eye when I was walking by. There's a Chinese restaurant in Oxford called the Opium Den. The Opium Den. And I just thought... Is that a good thing? I mean, it's not overtly offensive. I suppose it's akin to calling an Indian restaurant the call centre. Jesus, Dookie. Or an Irish pub, the Troubles. 
Oh, Jesus. See, even I know enough enough about history to think if you call an Irish pub the Troubles, that is not good. So I just thought, and I thought, but, and then I even had to, like, Google it to, to, to remind myself of, you know, obviously I know what opium dens were. And, but I just thought that's, I mean, it, it seems like people had good times in them. Yes. But people also have good times doing many things that aren't necessarily good for them and indeed very, very harmful. And we're not talking chocolate liqueurs here. Indeed. Now, this Chinese culinary concern... Yes. It is a, a restaurant. It's not it's a, a, a bar or yeah. a pub. It, it, it looks mm. really... Not very. It, it looks insalubrious on the outside, I have to say. But uh, when I Googled it just to, to see what that it was actually a restaurant, it looks mm. actually really nice inside. Mm. Like, I'm sure they do really nice food. It looked really nice. But to call yourself the opium den, I mean, as a Chinese person, if I was a Chinese person, I would think to myself, now, is that the part of Chinese history that I really want to magnify? With my restaurant in the middle of Oxford. Is that really the one? Like, you know, like there are parts of American history that I wouldn't necessarily want to magnify. You know, there are many, many parts of American history you wouldn't want to magnify. I can think of a couple. And so then you would have to think, well, what part of American history would I want to magnify? You know... So hmm. wouldn't you as a Chinese person think, okay, so what, What you know, the, we invented fireworks. We, you know, as Chinese people, you would have to think to yourself, we invented so many amazing and wonderful things. Absolutely. I think they were even like, they invented the printing press before the guy who's the most famous for inventing the printing press. Gutenberg, you have a Gutenberg. lot to answer for. Yes, that's right. I think the Chinese people actually had some form of printing press before then. So, you know, wouldn't you want to call it like the fireworks or the printing press? Mm. Or if you're going to come away from the usual Chinese restaurant thing name, which is like the golden something. Mm. The Jade Warrior. The Great Wall. Or the Great Palace. Or, mm. you know... So if you want to come away from that, and I respect them for it, would you not want to think, okay, what is amazing about Chinese history? The Ming vase, mm. you know, or, you know, for, you know, they made a lot of great vases, I guess. Indeed. It's akin to calling it counterfeit goods. Is it? Oh, of course. Oh, I get you. Yes. I get you. Like, oh, knock off Louis Vuitton. Indeed. So, yeah, so it's just like there's many, many wonderful things about Chinese history, I'm sure. So why would they call it the Opium Den, which I'm sure blighted and indeed destroyed many, many people's lives? Certainly. Certainly. It made money yeah. for a lot of people, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure mm. you were having a great time sucking on your opium pipe laying on a chaise lounge in, in East London, where it tended to happen when there was a big Chinese community. But, you know, I'm sure people also have a really good time doing heroin at the time. You know, I'm sure it feels really good at the time, mm. but maybe not so much, you know, in the bigger scheme of things. Indeed. I, I realise that in, in Oxford, uh, you know, they're going to be catering to a, a very intelligent, well-educated market, but still. It's, yeah, it does have that, when you get off the train, it has that academic kind of really stink to it, for mm. want of a better word. Absolutely. Radiohead come from there, and those chaps, they're quite Do brainy. They? Oh, I didn't know that. You saw another 
food culture clash, which this time is slightly more harmonious, for want of a, a better word. I don't know about that. Or It did make me laugh because of the juxtaposition. If not harmonious, then humorous. Humorous, I would call it. It did make me laugh. The food chain involved... Pizza Hut. Yes. But with a different kind of cultural concern. Yes. Not next door, but directly above it. I think it caught my eye because I am not Jewish. I'm I am a philo-Semite. A philo a so, philo So you you are an aficionado and fan of the chosen people. I've always been fascinated with the chosen people. And I even had the privilege of working within the Orthodox Jewish community. Which as a non- Jewish person is quite a a rare privilege. That's not going to happen very often. I was examining them like a bug under a microscope the same way that they were examining me Mm. like a bug. Because I was like the only Jewish, non-Jewish person that they, some of them had ever met Mm. in their lives. And these people, you know, like we're in their 30s at the time. And how fascinating is that? And so I'm sitting with all these ladies who are like wearing wigs and long skirts and everything. And it was just fascinating to me. And they they used to buy me all these kosher, like, cookies and candy and stuff. Mm. And they were always very, very disappointing. With the chocolates. Yes. It Not was the people. Just, it the was people so, were lovely. Oh, the people were so mm. lovely. And they, they would buy me these, like, chocolate, you know, kosher chocolates and kosher cookies and stuff. And, and I would taste them and they would just be, oh, no, not, not again. Like, not more kosher food <laughs> that tastes terrible. Like, I really wanted it to taste really nice. And it was just like, they've had, this had all the flavor sucked out of it. Are sub- they not allowed flavor? Possibly. I wonder whether or not the kind of guilt element of that culture comes into play a bit. If your culture's one which thrives on guilt... Perhaps you would want your chocolates to be bland so that you didn't feel know. guilty while enjoying yeah, them. Possibly, but I think that they really liked them. So it was a really nice thing for them to do. Oh, so anyway, I'm a philosemite. So I think that's why this particular place caught my eye. Mm. Because I just happened to glance over and there's a pizza hut mm. on the ground floor. Or the first floor, as Americans would say. And then up above it is the kosher Jewish society type place, which seems to be like a study place for Jewish students mm. and also like a kosher cafe. So all the food restrictions which they would be following yes. upstairs yes. at this Jewish-friendly yes. kosher cafe... All of their food smashed yeah. to smithereens downstairs. Absolutely, and I would imagine that uh, pepperoni, for instance, would feature quite heavily you in, would imagine, in well, Pizza like, Hut's menu. Yeah, well, like what's the most popular pizza is, is pepperoni. Mm. So you're breaking two Jewish dietary laws, it, 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 like majorly. So you're firstly you're having meat and cheese, mm. but you're also having pork products. And it just made me giggle. I was like, well, what, what's the protocol there? I mean, uh, they're neighbors, you know, one lives up the stairs from the other. So they must have to come in contact with each other. So do the Pizza Hut staff members like bring them like breadsticks up or, you know, something nice that will, you know, not break their kosher dietary laws? And do the Jewish people go downstairs for like, I don't know. Bring them, you know, a cup of joe or something like that. You know what? Also, during the Sabbath, would the the people working upstairs 
require the assistance of their Pizza Hut neighbours to turn things off and on, well, for instance. Exactly. That is a reality. Because that's what they, they, they're not allowed to ask. Mm. They're, well, they're not allowed to turn things on and off on the mm. Sabbath if you're, if you're truly orthodox. And and I have a friend who lives in Stamford Hill, mm. which, as you know, has a, has a huge uh, orthodox Jewish population. And he's not Jewish. So he just, he's lived there for a long time. He just spends his Saturdays going over to his neighbor's houses and like turning their heat on and off for them or air their lights on and off for them. And they can't ask him directly. And they can't ask directly. They, have, they can only infer Why or make that? a reference to... I have no idea. It's a good point, Marsha. Because I'm a philo-Semite, but I sometimes... And, and part of the reason I'm a philo-Semite is because of mysteries like that. Why can't they ask? Especially it's, it's you're supposed to have it as a day of rest. You cannot... You can't you, even you ask, to be... like, could you turn my heat on for me? Because then, then no, I suppose... No, you can't. Mm. You have to infer it. Mm. So you have to say, it's very cold. It's fucking cold, mate. Oh, mate, my... my... <coughs> well, this person swears a lot. Uh, uh, obviously. But they're deeply religious and lovely. Yeah, obviously. Oh, it's fucking cold, mate. My, my bones feel like they're, they're like... It's like frozen. Yes, so then my oh. friend has to go, do you want me to turn your heating on for you? Oh, my, I mean, I'm not asking, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, go that's, for it, yeah. that, I think that's how the conversation goes down. Mm. But a lot less cockney and probably a lot less swearing. And so that caught my eye and it made me giggle. But there's also another thing. There must be something about names in, in Oxford. Because as soon as you come out of the train station... You are hit with the first building you see is called the Thatcher Business School. Oh, does that relate to the occupation of, you know, Thatchers, thatched roofs and, and so on? Very noble occupation. Bless you, Dookie. The Cotswolds are not that far away from Oxford City. We don't necessarily want to talk about politics. It's just that I was with a friend who is a rabid and vir- virulent hater of the Iron Lady. I mean, he hates her. The day of her funeral was like the best day of his life. So, and and I think this building is new, so it hasn't been there that long. So my friend and I had never seen it before, even though he's been to Oxford before. So we came out of the station and the 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 vein in his temple was just pounding with the rage the, at this building. Mm, the dead lady was fraternal. And, uh, yes, and I was just thinking, well, as a, as, a, as a city that is very, very heavily populated with tourists, you know, that's the first thing that you're hit with. And if you're mm. like my friend and is such a virulent, virulent hater of Thatcher, you know, you don't, you're starting people's experience of your city with rage. Mm. But on the other hand, you have, might have people coming out who are just love the Iron Lady and think she's wonderful. So that's starting their Oxford experience with love and, and hope and wonderfulness. So I just thought, you know, it's a very controversial thing to have straight outside of your train station. Talking of culture clashes, I experienced one that directly relates to Marsha. Yeah. It, yeah. Okay. Uh, where is this going? Working from home as I do, I get phone calls. Yeah. Unsolicited phone calls. Is this going to be something either to do with either my cultural background or my sexuality? No. Because I know you're fascinated with both of those things, Dookie. Give over. No, it it doesn't. So it's not, okay, something different about me. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. Now, many of these phone calls that I get, which involve surveys, PPI claims, that kind of thing... Originate from the subcontinent. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I get this too, you Mm. know, because it's cheap there, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah. 
And recently, I've been getting phone calls about my computer system. Apparently... Oh, God, I get those too. Uh, apparently, the security of it is oh, it's, it's, less than robust. Yeah, and, and, and it's ruining everybody else's indeed, Wi-Fi in the indeed, neighborhood or something like that. Yeah, and I usually just hang up on those people. Indeed. Well, so do I. But uh, this particular call that I had earlier on in the week, I had to, um, I had to hear it through for a reason. Now, I don't know whether or not you've experienced this, and I don't want to do the accent, but uh, the people will ring up and they will, you know, mention the name of the the main bill payer there. Yeah. So, you know, hello. And and this is usually followed by them introducing themselves. Yeah. Usually with a name that has nothing to do with their culture. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and again, I don't want to do the accent. Yeah, Yeah. indeed. You know, hello, is that Mr. Duke? Yes. This is Michael, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, and you think that, well, that's not on your birth certificate, is it? No. No. Earlier on in the week, I received a phone call yeah. from a very bubbly woman from India. Yeah. She asked if I was indeed Dukey, and yes, I am. Yeah. And she introduced herself. Yeah. As Marsha. Ah, right. Ah, okay. Well, that's... Uh, wow. Did you think it was me? <laughs> Briefly, I thought maybe you were ringing me up and doing a very convincing subcontinent English accent. Ah, right. Okay. And and did she hit you with the, what, the Wi-Fi problem? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, my my computer system is... MI5 are potentially at risk due to the security issues that I have with my system. And... It got me thinking about two things. Number one, of all the names, and I mean no offence by this, but I thought, well, yeah, maybe there's a slight possibility if somebody from India might have gone to Catholic school, for instance. Oh, Dookie, please. Uh, that, that, you know, they could be given the name, you know, Michael uh, at, uh, you, know, you know, being christened and communion and whatnot. Yeah, they're christened with those names on their induction day at the call. Yes, yeah, indeed. But it, it's, put it this way, um, you know, alongside, you know, Teresa and, you know, other names of, of yeah, you know, Peter. Mary. Yeah, David. Uh, Marsha wouldn't be, you know, in the top ten Listen, of Listen, nobody of wants to be called Marsha. Because, you know, apart from this woman. as soon as you say that your name is Marsha, people either think is Snoopy and the Peanuts gang mm. and or they think of, you know, it's always Marsha, 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 you know, from the Brady Bunch. Right. Who was the really annoying one? You're not annoying as well, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure I am very annoying to a lot of people. But, you know, nobody wants to be called Marsha. This particular person I kept on the phone longer than I normally would, just because yeah. I enjoyed the Marsha factor. What did she say? She eventually, I mean, it was along the lines of, you know, Mr. Duke, are you aware that your computer is sending out oh, God. all sorts of bad shit yeah. to the general wow. public and people can potentially hack into your system? Is that right, Marsha? Please tell me more, Marsha. Ah. Did you know that... If you were to log on with this special thingy majiggy oh, that you could remedy this and it'll be great. Oh Marsha, please tell me more. Yeah, why don't you tell her to piss off? And eventually I think I said Marsha too many times that she put the phone down on me. Yeah, well you, you there's a moral conundrum there though. Because yeah, I, I think with the the people making these calls, I think on the one hand you're doing morally heinous things by trying to hack into people's computers. And on the other hand, I think 
you're also that that might be the only job there is going mm. that you could support your family with and you're also having these names bestowed on you when your name is probably Lakshmi or mm. you know Priya or something like that so or Shabnam mm. I might or change Vinish. my name to Shabnam or mm. Vinish so you're Shabnam Silversmith so part of me wants to tell them to go away, but part of me also feels sorry for them. So it's like a moral conundrum. And and I don't want to have these conundrums just by answering my phone. I know exactly what you mean. I had that issue a couple of weeks back and I answered the phone with the sixth sense that the person on the other line was trying to Well, that's who, to those sell. are the only people who use landlines nowadays, so... I've, rec- I've needed you my... Know. Yeah, I've had to answer my phone for special reasons. I'll come on to that later. But I answer the phone with a really confident, hello, I've got a feely want to, to do a survey with me. I'm happy to answer things. Hit me. Is that Mr. Duke? Yes, it is. Is this the first question of the survey? My name is Michael. Hello, Michael. This is a survey. Yes, hit me. Survey on uh, people that are really upset by telemarketing calls. (laughs) Ah, bless him. He he laughed. I laughed. I wished him a good day. He wished me a good day and the phone call ended. What a guy. And it was... You know, that's going to be a shitty job. It, it made me aware that these people are, you know, 100% aware of the fact that they are ringing up and annoying people. And yes, but not a living always, while doing though, it. because one time I did have one of them tell me to fuck off or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah, one, yeah, one time right. I said to them, you know, I don't think that what you're doing is very nice. And he, like, made fun of me and the way that I speak and told me to fuck off. Oh, so, dear. you know, that increased my moral conundrum even more because I thought, well, now I don't like you and now you're horrible. But I also feel sorry for you because, like Marcia says, that's got to be a crappy, crappy job. It is a crappy job. That job's got to be crappier than your dog was when you got home from wherever the hell you were. Uh, you're not that, wrong. That's got to be pretty shit. One job which, although it might be a bit crappy, is certainly better in the remuneration stakes. Dookie, is this is... another one of your slick... Ooh. That's a slick segue. Did you uh, feel that, is... that I was manoeuvring the conversation into a certain area? This is a slick... With it's, slickness, mm. as your dog was, was was shit yesterday. It's why I get paid the big bucks. It's why I'm the Dookie, man. that is just smooth as silk, Ooh. your segues here. Oh, my goodness. Smooth. As smooth Where as Where are we a... going with this segue? Plumbing. The reason why I've had to answer the phone... Oh, Dookie. Your is... plumbing is a mess. I've had some plumbing problems. Now, you it's may remember, mess. not that long ago, in December, yeah. just before Christmas... Yeah. In an episode entitled The Heaters Off, the issues that I had at that time with my boiler were addressed. Ah, you poor thing. Did they fuck it up? They They fucked it up, didn't they? Yes. Oh, God. And I seem to remember Irene singing a Glenn Frey track, The Heaters On. Right. Frey. Right. She changed the lyrics, so it was, you know, The Heat Is is Off. And Dookie says, the boiler's fucked Once again It'll cost him two grand To get it fixed It did cost two grand to get it fixed Now The spring has sprung The weather is yeah. warmer The sun How is out How fuck it up? What I only realised recently Yeah, two is grand's that, worth of fuck up Yes yeah. Is that The hot water is only 
available if you turn the entire heating system on, which isn't practical when the weather is getting warm. Uh, Jesus, Dookie, what? And why? The cowboys who fitted it were supposed to have put a special valve and set up to enable that to happen. And they did a three-port valve with various other hoodangs. Yeah. And in order to put it right, it's going to cost around £700. Well, why don't you go back to the Cowboys? For reasons of principle and doing the right thing, even if it would hit my wallet a bit more intensely, I've had to look elsewhere. And How much yes, is it going to cost you? Yeah, it's £700. Ah, Jesus, Dookie. All in. And isn't your kitchen flooded now? That's unrelated, but Yes. That sounds fun. So when I was in your house yesterday, I noticed that there was an awful lot of water in your kitchen floor. Mm. That's not to do with the boiler. No. Wow. I'd like to blame them for that. Maybe you should just move. Jesus. Why can't you find a plumber in this country? Why can't you find a plumber? I mean, I did. (laughs) I think the question is, why can't you find a reliable, decent plumber who isn't a cowboy? Or cowgirl. Well, exactly. Because I tried to find Dookie a decent plumber who would do a decent job and somebody suggested from we used to work together many years ago and for various boring reasons we both knew of an organization that supported women in the trades and they were very uh, aptly titled women in manual trades Mm. so my friend suggested that i go to them And she said, why don't you find a plumber from them? And I thought, you know, gender stereotyping and whatnot. I thought maybe you might, with a woman, you might have a little bit suppressed rage. Less suppressed rage. Mm. Yeah, not from the various dates I've been on. But anyway. I'm putting it this way. On a personal level, I could care less about the plumbing that the that the person doing the work owns, if you know what I mean. As, as long as they sort out your Absolutely, plumbing. yes. Why not give it a go? Indeed. And, and, and support this organization. Here, here. And and so I looked them up, and, and they are indeed still around, but they've had a name change. Mm. Yeah, so it was originally oh Women in Manual Trades. It was originally Women in Manual Which Trades. Which is a wrong seal name. It does what it says on the tin. Why can I smell something coming here? I've got a that feeling isn't necessarily a good are thing. Are we entering the arena of uh, double entendre? Well, yes, but I don't think that they've meant it. Right. That'd be kind of blokey humour anyway. Yeah, yeah but Oh, no, he didn't. They've changed their name to something which I think maybe should have been thought through a little bit more. Yep, They're now called Women on the Tools. Oh. oh, God, really? Right. Women on the tools. Women on the tools. Right. Women on the tools. That sounds not so much That's like a good. plumbing concern yeah. as much as plumbing integration. Well, I'm glad it's not just me because I saw that and I just thought, well, I laughed. And then I thought, well, what, you know, is that me? And now it's not you. That is not you. That is not who, you know, you really, you know, they had to have a brainstorm, Right. Also, the cost in new letterheads, rebranding, well, yeah. website changes. Well, Dookie, don't you think they had to have a brainstorm? Oh, like we, absolutely. We want to change our name. Yes. And they brainstormed. We need to move the times. Unless, are they, are they still doing the same kind of work, if you know what I mean? Or have they become a bit more specialist? No, no, no. It's, it, it's still the same. They still do the same work. They've Women just... on the tools. That. So somebody said, of all the names that we've brainstormed... 
We're going to go with women on the tools. I wonder what they didn't select. God, I can't, you know, <laughs> I, do we even want to go down that road? I mean, my God. So, okay. So, yes, I did think because the name gave me visions. Oh, it's given me some visions. It gave me visions, and they they were interesting visions. But I can imagine. Possibly not the visions that this company wants to give its potential customers. Hmm. So then I found somebody from who who is affiliated with this organization, hmm. and she's a plumber. Brilliant. And her name is Joe. Joe does she have which, a partner named I- Pat? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's just and like Chris. It's something from your Bloomsbury group where, you know, the women all dressed up like men and all that mm. stuff. And they wrote books about, you know, lots of horse riding. Yes, they're, they're Radcliffe Hall. The first lesbian book and it got banned and there's it's just nothing but oh, horse riding. From Rye. That's very, mm. very true, Dookie. Well done. And it's a terrible, terrible book. And she was a terrible, terrible person. Lesbians can be assholes too. Oh, was she an asshole? She was a serious asshole. She used to shoot her dogs when she got tired of them. Oh dear. So I Oh got, sheep poop. Well, I just got tired of her. I started reading her biography and by the time she like dumped her third girlfriend in a really heinous way and then shot one of her dogs because she got tired of it, I was like, I am done with you, Miss Lady. So Anyway, what was I on about? So this woman called Joe. Yes. She's a plumber. She's going to sort out my problem once and for She's all. She's going to sort your problem out, She's Dookie. my new plumber. And I thought, oh, I good. like her. I can tell Dookie about this person and he can get in touch with her. There's only one problem. She operates in London, which I thought that's great. It's the city that I live in. It's a city where my boiler problem well, yes, you know, is you, located you don't want in. somebody to have to travel any farther because they'll charge you more. She only operates in Wandsworth. I don't live in Wandsworth. Wandsworth is for a part of South London. Yeah, for people who don't know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, how big is Wandsworth? Hello, it's your friendly factoid checker here. I can confirm that Wandsworth has a square area of just over 34 kilometres. I didn't get in contact with her because it, her website was very, very clear about she will only operate in Wandsworth. And I just thought, well, isn't that very limiting? I mean, you're in London. but Can't you just operate in London? I, I have a friend who lives in Hackney, but the house yes. right behind them is in Islington. What if... Oh, right, like they're on the border. Basically, right. yeah. I mean, and I've, I have a feeling the actual person's garden, half of it actually is in one council. Oh, how funny. The other's in the other. Oh, right. And I wonder whether or not, you know, if somebody rings up and says, listen, I'm on, you know, Prince of Wales Road. I've yes. just made that name up. Right. If you look on the A to Z and you see that it's not, there isn't even one in Wandsworth or nearby. Oh, right. Fuck you. You need to. This is about suspended disbelief. Yes, here. I get it. So Prince of Wales Road, let's say, is a road that goes from Wandsworth into the neighbouring borough. Yes. Joe then asks for the postcode. Yes. I provide the postcode. She yes. puts it into a system. No. It Bing! comes up with I'm a big in a different now. borough. Because on her website, she had, a, the, she had the postcodes. Oh, the right. exact, exact like zip codes, as Marcia and I would know them, the the exact zip codes of the places that she will deal with, and they are not anywhere outside Wandsworth. 
Blimey. And she was the only plumber based in London. So I just thought women on the tools are not doing it for me. Because if you're based in London as a tradesperson, surely you have to cater for all of London. Absolutely. You know what pisses me off? I wanted to order uh, uh, from a, a certain restaurant yesterday, mm. and they're, they're 0.8 miles away from where we live. Right. Point, so that's less than a mile. Mm. And they don't deliver to me. Why? This is kind of the same principle. It's like, well, seriously, you're up the road. I mean, so so it begs the question: Who do you deliver to? Uh, is, is it like the pizza in Oxford? We only deliver to the kosher cafe upstairs. Is that uh, that would be interesting? It was very trying to me. It was <sighs> very irritating because me and Marcia really, 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 really wanted some food from this place, and we just thought fabulous, and we were too lazy to go out, and we thought fabulous. They're only there's they now do deliveries. Fantastic! Hallelujah! We plugged in our postcode. Sorry, we don't deliver to you, even though <sighs> you're point eight miles away. Right? Maybe. Joe works at this restaurant. Well, exactly. It's like, mm. how specialist can you be? <laughs> well, she's and not doing plumbing work. She's in the catering exactly. profession. Exactly. I don't know how these people earn a living. I really oh, don't. Dear. So, Dookie, I'm sorry. You're not going to have a woman on the tool. I'm really sorry. I don't mean to break that to you in such a harsh way, but that's just the way it is. You're going to have to get a man on your tool. I don't care about gender. I do care if somebody has a racist agenda and they're in my home. Well, yes. I mean, you, uh, but you're just going to have to get somebody. I mean, I don't know where you find anybody who's not a racist to be on your tool. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I'm you going to have to eat a couple of wanna, uh, chocolate liqueurs and find yeah, out. Yeah, you don't want a racist on your tool. No, definitely not. Not even remotely. Well, on that cheerful note, I need to uh, mop up the... Flood waters in my kitchen downstairs. Wow, that is exciting! And see if there's some way that I can sort out this boiler problem because it's uh, it's not fun. I've brought along something to help you, though. What have you got? Look, we've got chocolate liqueurs. Oh, bring it on! Fabulous. Yes, I I can't think of a better way to spend Easter Sunday. Fabulous. It has been a slice of chocolate liqueur tasty goodness having you both here on the Dookie Radio Show. Thank you, Dookie. Talking about the hair of the dog. Thank you, Dookie. Yeah, thanks, Dookie. Thanks, listeners. Yeah, happy whatever day that you're listening to this. Have a happy one. Have a happy one. Enjoy your hot water. Well, that is indeed your lot. Poor Marsha really sounded under the weather, didn't she? And her coughs carried on long after the record button had ceased to be illuminated. Poor thing. You've been listening to Hair of the Dog. My name is Dookie and I've been your host. Until next time, may the worst of tomorrow be the best of yesterday. And now I've got to go and uh, resurrect my boiler. And to also go and pop my weasel. Thanks for listening. Half a pound of tuppenny rice, half a pound of treacle, that's the way the money goes, pop goes the weasel. Facebook Click on your mouse to our Facebook page 
easy to find It will not take an age Facebook www.facebook.com Forward slash The Dukey Radio Show The Dukey Radio Show The Thin White Dukey is right Click your way to the Dukey Radio Show Facebook page www.facebook.com forward slash the Dukey Radio Show The Dukey Radio Show The Dukey Radio Show